Hello, sustainability partners. This is Lydia Vanderbroek here to share with you best practices around sustainability in hospitality and tourism. And by sustainability, I mean more than mere ecological sustainability, which has thankfully moved into the center of our collective attention over the last few years. If you want to run a truly sustainable operation, you need to also assure economic sustainability, primarily through excellent guest service and human as well as social sustainability by training and empowering your staff and including the communities that you interact with. How? Well, this is where I come in and I talk to real people in real businesses to hear about real solutions to real challenges And I'm happy to share these learnings with you. So if you want to become more sustainable, I invite you to listen in to our conversations and pick out some of these gold nuggets that you can hopefully use in your own operations. And as a side note, every one of my guests has offered to make themselves available for a more in-depth conversation. So by all means, do reach out, connect, and together we can make hospitality and tourism more sustainable. Hello, friends of sustainability. This is both the last recording of 2022 and the first broadcast of 2023. So welcome. I'm very much looking forward to a great year full of great conversations. And the last one I had is a lovely conversation indeed. I had the chance to talk to Priscilla Murillo. She is the sustainability manager at Buena Wilderness Lodges. And Buena is spelled B-O with two dots and E with two dots and A. Buena Wilderness Lodges, uh, that's a collection of sustainable and exclusive lodges in wild and remote locations in Costa Rica. Yes, always happy to return there, even if it's only in a call. She's a great conversation partner, as you will see, sharing very generously Buena's many achievements and challenges around sustainable and regenerative tourism and hospitality. We'll talk about jaguars, coral gardeners, merengue dancing for kids, as well as growing food, growing cultures, and much, much more. So welcome. I hope you enjoy the conversation and I will see you on the other side. Uh, good morning to you, Priscilla. Thank you for getting up particularly early for us in our conversation here today. I know your plans have changed and you're going to be hopping on a plane to go visit one of the properties. So thank you, especially for taking the time for our conversation here today. Priscilla, I'm going to hand the mic over to you right away. Please introduce yourself. Thank you, Lydia. It is my pleasure. And yes, I'm hopping a, a flight, a local flight today. So I have my coffee here with me, my Costa Rican coffee, but I'm ready to speak for a couple of minutes with, with you. I'm very, very excited. So yeah, my name is Priscila. I'm Costa Rican, born and raised in, in Costa Rica. I was born in Cartago, which is a small, it is a province, but it is a small um, town where I, where I was born. And now I live in, in San Jose and I get to travel to the different properties that we, that we own and manage in Costa Rica. I take the sustainability projects coordination for, for all these five properties. So it is a lot, but I, it, it, it is teamwork coordination and working with people is kind of my, my thing. I like working with people and 
giving them the tools that they require in order to take on the projects. So in the end, they're not sustainability projects, but they are projects. You know, they're projects that we take in order to, to put our vision and into, into place and into action. So yeah, this is, this is me. And I, I worked with Buena. Well, not with Buena. Buena started recently, but with Pacuare Lodge since 2007. I, went and came and it's part of my family. Yeah. The Buena Wilderness Lodges. We are now five lodges and, and counting, I guess. <laughs> okay. Excellent. So Buena pulled you back. Buena. Um, am I pronouncing it right this time around? Buena. Yeah. Buena. Okay. <laughs> Buena Lodges consists of five ecologists in Costa Rica. You are, as a sustainability manager, you are our lottery win as a conversation <laughs> partner, this being all about sustainability. So do you want to give us, I mean, you know, your, your uh, Buena has, has lodges in the nicest places of Costa Rica, right? I mean, you really picked <laughs> the prime uh, real estate, right? Uh, out, of, um, out of Costa Rica for your lodges. Can you tell us a little bit, do, do a little bit of, a, of an overview of what Buena is all about, please? Definitely. Well, Buena started in, in the Pacuare River. So Buena was born, but not with the name. Um, back in the late 80s, Roberto Fernandez, which is the one of the owners, he, he was kayaking. He used to be a, um, a guide as well in the river, in the Rentazón River and east of, of the country. And, um, yeah, the Pacuare River is, it's a beautiful river here in Costa Rica in the top five in the world for rafting. And yeah, he had the vision of not only doing the one day trip, but stop to camp and just, you know, taking the, the guests with him, all the tools, the camping, all whatever he needed to cook for them. And that's how Pacuare Lodge started. Mm-hmm. So it is one, I mean, I'm in love of, of the location. I love the Pacuare River. But it is very remote. There's nothing there. Still, we don't have public services. So we don't have the electricity, uh, water, waste collection. Mm -hmm. So we had to start from, from, or he had to start from scratch. In 1995, he started building the, what is today, the Pacuare Lodge, the small Mm -hmm. cabins, very, very rustic and very different from what Pacuare Lodge looks right now but it had the vision and the sustainability vision since the start working with the community working for the community um looking out for conservation and we started with a small amount of portion of land and we have been gaining and gaining um, more area in order to to provide conservation in the Pacuare area so that's Pacuare and that's where everything started back in 80s late 80s and since then, we have learned a lot, trial and error, trial and error. Um, I was thinking early today about the first technology of solid panels that Pacuare had, and they were very rustic, but that, that was the technology that we had access back then. It worked. It Give, gave you like warm water to get a shower, but you, ha- you needed the sun and mm-hmm. There was no sun. <laughs> That's then, not a given up there, right? In Pacuare, I imagine. Well, right now you can definitely take a hot shower. Yeah. So, yeah. So technology has advanced and, and Buena definitely invests in, in technology. And we have been working in developing, you know, trial and error. Not everything has been 
excellent from, from the first decision. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it has been a good school. And I think mm-hmm. that Pacuare made a good experience in order for us to manage the other four for hotels. 2019, La Parrios came into the family. La Parrios is an amazing property. It's located in, in Puerto Jimenez. And yes, as you said, it, it's the highlights or the best real estate that we can have in Costa Rica. We have Pacuare, we have Osa Peninsula down in South Pacific. Mm-hmm. And that is, I mean, it, biodiversity there is just like, it's a treasure. It's, mm-hmm. it's a paradise. You open your eyes and you don't, I mean, whatever you, whatever you see, it's really yeah. biodiverse all over the place, the people as well. And, um, yeah, La Parrios came and really complimented what Pacuare experience was offering. It was a very nice experience, just, you know, getting from Pacuare to Boena and just start building a family of lodges. And then, um, Tortuga Lodge and Monteverde Lodge came a couple of years later. And these are one in Tortuguero, where the canals are located in the North Caribbean. And the other one is in the Monteverde area where the preserve is located as well. And then a couple of months ago, we added the fifth one, also in Monteverde, the Cloud Forest Lodge. So it is closed right now. We are working on it just to make it, you know, the bring the Boena style. Um, same thing with um, Monteverde Lodge. We just finished a big um, change in 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 all the rooms, the main areas, the restaurant. So yeah, it is, it has the same com- concept, but we turn them into, into us, into Buena. And same thing with, with Tortuguero. In Tortuga Lodge, we also they, um, made a good amount of restoration in the rooms with all the Caribbean style as well. So that's, uh, that's interesting to know the trial and error phase. Um, we talked a little bit before. This is why I'm having this podcast in the first place, right? I want those colleagues out there who want to go a little more sustainable, right? To make it a little easier for them to maybe take a step or two and, and maybe avoid some of the some of the pitfalls that that others have um, had or made in their development, in their evolution on the on their path to becoming sustainable. So. What do do you recall some of the trials and some of the errors? Maybe what what would you do differently? I mean, you've been with Bakwara for, for quite a while, right? So I'm sure you've you've been part of the journey, and you've uh, certainly how should I say experienced these trials and errors firsthand, right? I think well, first for for anyone taking a project and especially in hospitality, trying to make it on the first. I mean, it, it might happen. I don't know, maybe, but it is about the process. There are a lot of things that go with within the learning experience and with, you know, market changes because it's not the same people traveling back in the nineties or, um, you know, early 2000 people change or not people, but the market that we receive in Costa Rica and the, the travelers that are, interested in in properties like the the ones that Buena offers, the experience that Buena offers, it changes. So within you have to change. I mean not the vision, but also if if you think that the um, that the needs of, of the of the travelers are changing, obviously you need to understand and, and see mm-hmm. if they if, if you can change into them or you stay the way you are. Mm-hmm. So that those are the things that mainly I would say you don't need to change for your if for any for any market. But you can make, you know, adjustments. Right. The core, the vision, sustainability should remain. 
So yeah, okay. the, we, we make changes of bedding, for example. If you see a picture of what it looked in 1995 and the picture of what it is today, we've definitely changed. But the vision remains the same. Mm -hmm. And it's really, you know, the experience, really good quality service by people that are from the local community. So they, you know, travelers can get the, the local experience, the rural, how the rural people live. Um, how is the community in a remote location like the Paquari River? You know, get the feeling. But also if you can sleep in a really good, nice bed and if you can have a really good meal, that makes the difference in the world. So that's what we have changed. And that would be my advice. Do not change the core, the vision of, of the business, because that's what makes you unique and different from, from your competition or from the other places that you, that you are, you know, that all yeah. the guests are actually yeah. looking in the internet. So yeah, that would be the, the, the first point. And it's, you know, stay with, with it. Um, and work on there. And you're going to find, you know, technology, invest in, te in technology. I know that obviously COVID and there's always in, in tourism and in the traveling industry, there, there's always something. If it was not Zika, it's COVID, it's, you know, there's always something, but you have to keep on going and, um, and yeah, is stick to the, the core vision. And in, in our case in Buena, sustainability has been the vision or the, you know, the, the address that we have been looking at in order to grow as well. Was that originally part of the vision already from the very first Pacua, from the very first launch you had in Pacuara to be a sustainable operation? Yeah, it was very automatic. I would say when I started working with, with Pacuara Lodge, I started in the sales and uh, yeah, reservation sales department. I saw that This product was different from all the, the ones that I visited before or that I knew. I started very early. I was very, very young, but, um, with the ones that I've looked and, and see and discover from my, for myself, I love, love going to the beach and to the mountains, but I saw Pacuare Lodge was doing things very differently. Yes. And Roberto owner, uh, since day one worked with in, terms of the construction, the materials that was used, the architecture, the ventilation, it was always in, in his idea to make this lodge very different, as well having these circumstances that were very special, not having electricity, not having water and waste collection. And do you, do you recall, I mean, this is what I was referring to earlier, is there anything that you would do differently today? Uh, any of these errors that you say, well, don't do that, do this right away? As far as sustainability measures is concerned, anything come to mind? Well, not not really, not really. Uh, I think that all the steps taken were were actually in, in the direction. Um, I would say, yeah, in terms of, of marketing, for example, and this has been something that has been challenging since I would say day one. That it's that we don't communicate enough, that we don't say enough what we're doing, what we you know, it's an opportunity of growth. Uh, to share our experiences. And I think that's something that we have been trying to do and, and we go back and then we start again. But that would be the, the one thing that I can recall in terms of communication of our, of our actions, our stories. We have a lot of stories that, that would like 
that need to be shared of people of very special people. Our uh, staff is, you know, very special. So yeah, I think that's, that's something that we need to always work on and that we haven't reached in, in the best way possible. And it is communicating uh, mm. our actions and our experiences. Okay. Okay. See, I always think of sustainability in terms of ecological sustainability, also economical sustainability, because if you're not economically sustainable, then you're just not going to last. And to me, this is equates with great service, mm-hmm. the service that the people provide. And then there is the, the human and social aspect of it, right? How you treat your, your staff, how, you, how your culture is, how you interact with your communities, right? So... If if I was to approach focus on the first one, ecological, which is the one that normally springs to mind when you think about sustainability, what are some of the special things that that you do at Buena Lodges to be ecologically sustainable? So we can learn from you. <laughs> between between the five properties, we're actually we have more than two thousand acres of conservation land, and these are private nature reserves that are divided into four locations. The, the biggest is uh, La Parrillos and then Pacuare Lodge. And then we have uh, Monteverde, the most recently added, and then Tortuguero. And that's in terms of sizes. And it is strictly for conservation. This is, I mean, this is going to be strictly for conservation. And also this, um, this land, not necessarily, but it started from deforestation and we reforested. Okay. So, so our actions should be to improve and not only to sustain, you know, not, not only to keep it as it is, but to improve in, in everything, not only in land restoration, uh, within the community as well. And I'm going to talk a little bit about, you know, if, if we are okay and you said it financially, or if we receive travelers, that should be reproduced in our community. So if, if we do good, they do good as, mm-hmm. do good as well. Mm-hmm. And that's what sustainable tourism is, is all about as well. So yeah, in terms of conservation, we have the, the conservation land and we also invest in research. Uh, for both uh, Pacuara Lodge and La Perrios, we have the Jaguar program and the Jaguar program was born. It's probably 2009, 2008 or nine. And it's a really nice story because we had a student from the Universidad Nacional here in Heredia, by the way. And um, Carolina, Caro Sanz, came into our office and knocked the door and, and she said, hey, can you help me out with my university degree final project? And we, since then, have been working with Carolina. To make the long story short, um, she's now a PhD. So she came for her engineering, um, uh, forest engineering uh, final project. And now she has a PhD and it, it goes all the way from, from the projects taken in Papada Lodge. So, yeah, we've taken uh, research into, um, we, we put camera traps in the reserve mm-hmm. and at first it started just uh, collecting information what do we have in this in this area mm-hmm. and since then it has changed and we now are in involving the community and same thing in La Parrios. uh it's not caro caro is based for quite a lot or mm-hmm. just uh, focusing in that area with a parque nacional barbilla it's a very it's a good amount of area and then Juan Carlos, Juanca is in the Laparrios area or Osa, 
the area. Mm-hmm. Same thing, uh, camera traps. And we've seen incredible things, jaguars, pumas, ocelots. So yeah, it's, it's just very nice to see how diverse and how rich these lands are, but this gives us the idea to take decisions. So what do we have or, you know, the movements or the amounts and the types of species that we have give us an idea of the decisions that we have to take in our reserve, but also in the surroundings and also as well as in Pacuare, taking the community in. So we are um, trying to make this project bigger and make, you know, people in, in charge of different camera traps. So that's what the project is going to move forward now. Mm-hmm. That And that is a huge program, I imagine, right? And it's a, it's a fantastic thing to, to accompany as a program. Huh? Yeah. And well, it's around 170 cameras that have been donated. That This means not only given the, the, you know, the camera donations, but it means logistics, food, camping tools, uh, batteries, transportation, um, pretty much whatever the, the researchers need, we need to collect for them. Mm-hmm. Well, not everybody might be living in an area where taking care of jaguars is uh, something <laughs> they can actively get involved in. So expand, please. What else? What else do you do for for conservation? Maybe around the hotel. How do you use technology? Can you use technology to 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 be especially sustainable, ecologically sustainable in the around the hotel? Yes. For example, in in let me see if in all not in all we have four of out of five with pools. So the cleaning system, you cannot in in that's how. You know, all the decisions that you take in, in tourism and in your life need to be, you know, you make, you need to make research. Yes. And you have to be, you know, consequent. So in, in the small decisions or in the big decisions, sustainability should be always around. We have, you know, the pool. So how do we clean the pools? Mm-hmm. How do we filter the water? We just right. recently make a donation to the Covecor uh, Reserve. The Covecors are our neighbors in the mm-hmm. Pacuare Lodge. So it, it is um, it is part of, of what Pacuare Lodge is because we are very close from the Covecor Indigenous uh, Reserve, the Nairi Abari. And we recently donated a water purification system, and it's the one that we also use in in the lodges where needed. So it's a high tech, uh, you know, high tech way to purify and make potable water. And we, it's the same technology that we use, and they didn't have potable water. So we recently make this donation, which is very important for you know their health. Um, it's not only the closest community in, in that side of the river, because we are located in the right side of the river. So mm-hmm. in that side of the river, those are the closest neighbors. So they're also part of our staff, most many of them. So we have to take care of that community. So yeah, mm-hmm. giving back in terms of technology, technology for conservation, but that they don't have electricity. So that also required solar panels in, in the, in the process of the donation. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's very important. Keep making your research on what's in the market, what's there new to make your processes better or more effective in terms of sustainability. In, in Lapa Rios, uh, when Lapa Rios became part of, of Boena, one of the main things that was remarked by the owners was the um, electricity that was used. So we invested in 
more than 200 solar panels and 10 nano turbines to make sustainable electric and the electricity that we use the most of our of the of the needs or pretty much in 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 the average of the of the whole year is what we need is covered by green energy so that was that's something that it's very important for for Boena making electricity in our, our needs as sustainable as possible since the beginning. And yeah, we, we invest a lot in technology and especially, well, it, we have solid panels in all of our, in all of our five lodges. Well, the, the cloud forest is, is going through, through that process. But yeah, we, they all, uh, we need to check on that, you know, the conservation. Um, we have to go through, you know, this, uh, new technology and we cannot say no to this. If not, for example, in Pacuare, we could be using a generator as well as in La Parrios because again, there was no electricity when, when for, you know, the, the public services. So yeah, you can take the decision. Either you take the sustainable way and it's obviously always going to be something better and something new and you have to make a balance, you know, we have to invest in, in this and then what do we do in, in other ends? Because service is primary. So, for example, in, in the kitchen, we recently made the, the kitchen in Monterrey de Lodge, which is an amazing kitchen. It's, you know, a very professional kitchen with all the devices and all the systems, uh, sous vide and I don't know the, the names that all the processes that they use. But, yeah, it, it just made it, it makes sense to make a balance. So yeah, we use the solid panels. We try to include all as sufficient as possible devices and everything, but we also need to provide a very good service in order to make it sustainable in the finances and commerce and the economics. So yeah, that's, that's balance that we need to, to achieve in the decisions that we take, but always it with, you know, that, that, uh, buzz in, in your year taking in, in when taking decisions. And uh, one of the challenges of having places in remote places, having operations in remote places, you know, one thing is water and electricity. The other thing is probably how to get food, food oh, yeah. and beverages. Do you grow any of your own vegetables? How do you have that organized? It depends on the location. Um, we try at most to get our produce locally and you know, for the most part, depending on, on local commerce, but there is other things that need to go from, from San Jose, uh, as, at least as possible, but there are some products that has to be transported from the city. Yes. And because it's very remote, but yeah, for example, Pacuare has a, a small farm, uh, like 45, 50 minutes away from, from the Pacuare uh, location. And I just remember something that we did trial and error. We actually started our own produce area in Pacuari. And then after, you know, it, it, it was working, it was not working. And then we tried another thing. And at the end, we just said, this is, you know, we are in a very privileged location, primary and secondary forest. This is not the place to grow um, what we need for our kitchen. Mm -hmm. So we ended up having another location. It's the Finca Twiz, Twiz Farm. And that's where um, most of our vegetables, cheese, uh, chicken, eggs comes from. It is, it is very, very close from us, but it is, uh, um, it's a farm, uh, an agricultural location. So mm -hmm. that's where, you know, the, the place should be that one. 
Nagapakware. Yeah. And in Lapa Rios, we actually have our sm- small farm. Uh, it does not get 100% of all the what we need, but we have plenty. We have tomatoes, we have lettuce, we have, you know, the small uh, vegetables for, for the you know, salads and, you know, our, our, our meals, but it's not, every, everything does not comes from it. It wouldn't be enough. But yeah, for example, fish, a chicken, um, as much as possible, it, it, it comes from the local community. And for example, in La Parrios, the closest would be Puerto Jimenez, which is 45, 50 minutes away from the, from the hotel. So even local it's not that close. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is complex. Uh, having having everything you need is complex. But yeah, for construction, for daily needs, uh, that's where we get the most from, you know. And also in terms of other providers, not only not only food and, and for meal preparation, uh, transportation, tours, guides. So yeah, we, we try to service ourselves from the local community as much as possible. And would you make like a no compromise uh, rule saying, well, it's not, you know, it costs too much to have it flown in or that's why we're not serving this or that. Would you, would you go this far? Yeah. The menu, of course, the menu um, and our head chef, Alan, which is goes back from the story of, of Pacuale Lodge. And he's, you know, one, I think once you get into the Boana family, you get a transformation and it's not from day to night, but you start seeing things very different. And I have this um, story when we started um, recycling in my house, I was still living with my parents and I was like, well, we're not making uh, classification. We're going to clean and we're going to dry everything that we use, you know, plastics, blah, blah, blah. And, and my dad, my, my, both of them, they were like, what? That's too much. Ah. And then slowly it started and they, they changed their minds. Now my dad is the recycler. I mean, he's on top of it. Wherever he goes, he's going to find the place to, to, you know, the, the center to put everything. He cleans it. He dries it. He's all into the processes. So um, I think that's what happens with Boena. And this is a very good example because it's not only a transformation that goes on me, but also into my circle. And same thing with my house. Now um, with the, we have the compost, the residential compost here in my house. I don't look for that anymore. It's my husband's uh, um, job task now. So yeah, it's, it's a transformation. And that's what we think also happens with our travelers. Once you go into one of our property, we hope that your your set your mindset changes a bit, and then you start making different changes back home to make this place better. That's it. And I think I lost in the question, right? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> about the compromise. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Alan and Roberto, which is also very much included in all the the menu and all the ideas and the processes of getting meals in the table. Yes, sustainability is there as well, not only uh, with the ingredients that we use, but also with the ideas of the plates itself. For example, we have here in Costa Rica a very traditional dish, which which is the casal. It's where, what most of the Costa Ricans eat for lunch, for example. Mm-hmm. It's very, very common. So there's rice, beans, uh, there's a protein, there's salad. 
sweet plantains probably and picadillo, a mix of everything. And we have decomposed this casal and make it and take it into another level in, in, in our menu. Same thing with the ceviche. We actually tried, um, last week we were, we were trying the menu for Cloud Forest Lodge. They're, you know, developing and giving new ideas and, and we need to try it. And I'm very fortunate to, to try it. And it, it was a caldosa. And I, I don't know if I should say it because it's not still live, but that's fine. Um, it was a caldosa, which is, a, I, I, I hate the caldosas, which is like, um, a bag of chips, mm-hmm. uh, local here in Costa Rica with ceviche in it. And I hate it. it. It's like mushy and I don't know. I don't like the texture. But when it came the caldosa into our plate, it was amazing because it was a ceviche, but it was, you know, the tasting and yeah. And we use local fish and we take decisions that go not only into what we serve, but how we serve it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is a, a, a combination of, of decisions. I'm not saying that we're doing everything perfect. We are definitely not. There's a lot of growth. But yeah, in terms of, of the menu and the ingredients, we have taken um, decisions little by little in order, in order to make a prior, to prioritize what it is better in the, in, in the preparations, what mm-hmm. it is closest to us, what it is um, more natural to our environment. And yeah, and we also have a plant-based menu in each of our lodges okay. as well. So you're taking general, you're taking the, the local foods, the traditional foods, and you kind of upgrade them. That what you what I hear you say exactly in in some of our in some of our yeah plates. So what I what I hear a lot of people say um, is that the culture of the team is very very important because it's the staff that either does things or does not do things, hmm? and um, it needs a special culture of everybody's mindset being focused on sustainability. How do you train your staff to have the sustainability mindset? That, well, that's a very good question. Uh, right now we're using the cross training system because we, for example, opening the Cloud Forest Lodge has been a good, uh, a good example. We bring uh, some of the best staff from different departments from all the other lodges and we make a team of teachers and, uh, It's just bringing the best of the best in order to teach a new team. But in terms of hiring, I think the the fact that we have so clear that sustainability is in our main core, uh, we have to start from there. So all of our staff, they do a part uh, from their own responsibilities. They have to uh, be teamed into committees, into sustainable committees, so either natural resources, uh, environmental education, um, bandera azul ecologica. Um, so yeah, we have n- nine groups that they have to join. So besides their normal responsibility, they have to take responsibility in teamwork with other group members from mm-hmm. other departments and areas mm-hmm. in order to do projects uh, through the year. For example, the environmental education team uh, during low season, they get to visit local schools with We decide uh, a subject that has to be addressed for the kids and we go to the schools and we make dynamics and we make a session in order to, to bring them some sustainability um, matter into their minds and mm-hmm. bird watching. You know, th- there's plenty of uh, water, natural resources, you know, recycling, the 
many things, many other um, subjects have been developed, but that's what the environmental um, educa environmental education committee does, does during low season. So yeah, just I think from the first session of of questions when they begin the hiring process, just to make sure that we give the right information. What is Buena? What is each of the hotels? And the story that we have in order for them to know that this is what we do if they want to be part of it as well. They need to get as well in this boat. But yeah, in, in terms of training, that's very important in, in the induction process. And also um, the fact that we are giving the, the chance as well and the opportunity to learn from other uh, locations. And that's That's pretty new because we didn't have five lodges five years ago, but it's something that has really worked just because each has its own challenges. The fact that, for example, um, Tortuga Lodge, uh, it's in the canals and, you know, we include experiences. So guiding there is very important. So they can learn from the guides in La Parrios or from the guides, uh, in, in Pacuare Lodge. So making those in, you know, exchanges. Um, make us grow and they can learn also of the challenges that the other have have and how to you know to take up on them do do you involve staff in uh, recommendations in thoughts can they bring forth ideas to conserve definitely they are you know 100 of our staff is from the local areas mm -hmm. so they have the information i am and as i always say to them i am from san jose I wouldn't know all the challenges and opportunities that your community has. I might have some ideas or know something, but you're the ones with the knowledge. So yeah, they get involved. Um, whatever projects that we take on the community, they are either brought by them or we do need their help in order to, you know, does this sound like a project to you? Or then they might say, nah, nah, that's, you know, nobody's going to use that. Nobody... But sometimes they raise their hand and we need these, our community is lacking of that. And how about we do these? And yeah, it's definitely important to have your local staff in order to have the input and the information that is required to, to get involved. Right now, we're starting a process of getting a consultation in all the local um, communities. Just a small, you know, questionnaire survey. Because we might have an idea, but sometimes when we see the, the big numbers, we can have a more address or directions to what's coming for 2023. So, yeah, using the community and using the staff as the most knowledgeable people is the most important in order to take decisions. Yeah, there's a, a well of, of knowledge right there. Mm -hmm. So as you're going into your fifth property, is there anything that you're bringing in there as far as sustainability is concerned that you might not be using in the other um, properties just yet? Yeah, that they have a very, I mean, this, this Cloud Forest Lodge has a, I, I call it tesorito. It's un tesoro. It's like a little treasure um, because the, the location, it's in Santa Elena, which is very, you know, centric in, in Monteverde, well, in Santa Elena, but it's, it, you wouldn't know that you are so close from, from the small town. But once you get there, you're in a private reserve. It is a very nice location. The, the reserve is something that it's new for us in Monteverde because the Monteverde Lodge that we had already 
it's very small. The property is small. We don't have a private reserve on that property. And adding the Cloud Forest Lodge Reserve, it, it will make, you know, it, it will make a very good complement to the service that we bring into our travelers and also into our conservation um, actions. So we have now a, a private reserve to work on in Monterrey. So that is very, um, it's a challenge of you, of course, but it is a very, I mean, I'm very excited to, to take on that. So what are your plans going forward? You know, this, this last month has been crazy because we just reopened Monterrey Lodge and we're about to open, uh, Cloud Forest Lodge in, in December. So that has been so quickly just having two properties closed and, and working on them both at the same time. But I think just getting the level of sustainability for these new properties into the ones like Pacuare and La Perrios that has, they have a really good, I mean, we have a very good standard. That is one of the challenges that we have for 2023 in the sustainability area. Just making sure that we can get and we can improve from, from where we are in a very good spot, but getting to a better place in the new properties. I think that's one of the goals that is set for, for our department in 2023. But for the, Corporation, I think growing, it's, I mean, we, we saw the expansion is pretty interesting and I think that we like it. So I don't know, 2023 will come with, with good things. Um, I'm sure. It sounds fantastic. It's um, truly a pleasure to hear about these reserves and how you're not only in sustainability, but if I hear you correctly into the regenerative aspect of, of travel and hospitality, that's a good thing to hear. And I hope that more people and more organizations and definitely more hotel groups or large groups of, of lodges pick up on that and and learn from you and uh, apply the same um, well, or similar uh, activities to their own properties to to make us all a little more sustainable right 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 I, I I think I didn't mention but there is one in terms of culture. I think I mentioned the Quebecers and those are, you know, our very best and very first, I'm sorry, experience in, in cultural aspects uh, with our neighbors in, in the Papare. But we also, for example, in, in Tortuguero, we have this um, very nice experience of what tourism is about in, in Tortuguero. Well, the Caribbean, you know, the, we have this, this style of cooking, this style of music, mm-hmm. and the Calypso, for example, mm-hmm. was being lost in, in the Tortuguero area. There were no teachers. People was, they were not following with the tradition of the mm-hmm. style of music and it was being lost. Uh, the children of this community, they were not, they, they didn't have the tools or what it was needed in order to learn and, and keep on with the music traditions. So we started, um, a Caribbean music school and we, we sponsored it in, in Tortuguero. And it has been incredible to see how small, and they just needed a push. They, they just, mm-hmm. because they were meant for that. I mean, these kids are awesome. And now actually the group is huge. We started, I know, probably 15 uh, children and now it's I don't know more than 50 I guess really? and yeah and they're very professional they just needed a push a small push from an organization with um some instruments some music equipment a teacher some uniforms you know some something that will catch their their interest and now they're pretty much unstoppable those kids the the school and this is because 
of the people that are traveling in Tortuguero mm -hmm. and to Tortuga. Mm -hmm. um, these are the things that happen because of tourism. Mm -hmm. Without the travelers, we, don't, we wouldn't be able to do so to provide um, with, you know, the monthly donation yeah. or whatever that the kids uh, might need. Mm -hmm. And we haven't given all. The parents are giving, uh, schools are given, uh, other organizations Colectivo Cultural and, and many others have, you know, come together to make this happen. But this is a very good example of what uh, tourism should encourage to, mm -hmm. to in the small communities like Tortuguero. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, the, it's changing lives in, in the areas where we operate. It might seem small, and this is where I wanted to get. It might seem, seem really small, but it might change their lives as well. In, in La Parrios, we are about to sign a an agreement with uh, an organization called uh, Raising Coral, and they do research with corals. So we are going to help them, you know, in, in a research, in a specific research of a type of coral. Mm -hmm. But the most important, the most interesting uh, from this uh, organization is that they use the coral gardeners. So they select people from their local community with social limitations, social and economical limitations, and they give them scuba training, uh, marine biodiversity training. So at the end, they will have a profession. They will have a way to, to, to do on life as guide, as, you know, mm -hmm. bringing out the, their own, uh, their own, um, thing, their, their own business, small business. But that's exactly what tourism is all about. Just making a push in the right direction. Sometimes you will not get it. Sometimes it will be. And not enough, but with teamwork, we will get there. But that's exactly what we like to think that we are uh, helping out the community, the local areas where we operate, um, just making a difference, mm -hmm. just just making a, a positive difference. Exactly. And as, as I said, we, we might not always do, you know, the very, very best. And there's always room for for learning, but definitely it's in our core to do those pushes. Mm -hmm. Well, this is a very positive and very optimistic note and perfect for us to finish this conversation. I'm just reminding you, you have a plane to catch. I don't. I right? <laughs> Thank you. No, it's, a, it's a lovely ending to the conversation, Priscilla. And it just shows that while tourism has done a lot of damage in the last, I don't know, 50 or 70 or 100 years, uh, now we're at a turning point where we are trying to make good of, of what tourism did wrong in the past and use tourism, as you just said, as a force of good. And if we didn't have the tourism, then we wouldn't have the funds and we wouldn't even be there to uh, help communities and help individuals in communities to reconnect to their cultural past and, and help them move forward all in a sustainable or better yet in a regenerative way so that's what i hear you say and this is a fantastic exactly. thing um it's fantastic it's been a pleasure talking to you priscilla thank you no, so much for taking the time well. so early in the morning for you and on your way to the airport that's the dedication to spread the word about sustainability at buena thank you so much my pleasure and also our responsibility so no it's it's been a very nice opportunity thank you lydia okay Thanks, Priscilla, and I hope to talk to you soon. So, dear listeners, I'm pretty sure you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Priscilla did manage to catch her plane, at least I believe so. 
I hope you uh, got to take away a couple of thoughts, a couple of uh, inputs for your own operation. If you want to reach out to her, it's Priscilla Murillo. It's M-U-R-I-L-L-O. And it's Buena Wilderness Lodges. And both can be found on LinkedIn. Do reach out to her. If you would like more information to her or to myself, I'm looking forward to another fantastic conversation that's coming up in January, later on this January. And I'm looking forward to talking to you then. Bye-bye. Take good care and have a happy, happy, healthy and safe 2023. Bye-bye.